Welcome to the Biner Family Speaker Series, a podcast dedicated to high-level research on contemporary anti-Semitism by fostering productive and collegial discussion of the most pertinent issues before us. Hosted by the Indiana University Institute for the Study of Contemporary Anti-Semitism. For more information about this speaker series, ISCA News, or videos of past webinars, please visit our website at isca.indiana.edu. And now to present our speaker, Dr. Alvin H. Rosenfeld. Ellie, welcome. Good to have you with us. When I wrote to you some months ago, things were already uh, heating up. I recall being shocked, maybe I shouldn't have, but I was, when I saw that Iran's Revolutionary Guards just put on public display in Tehran a battery of missiles with the slogan, Death to Israel, written in Hebrew. Um, Nothing subtle about that. Death to Israel has long been a part, in fact, of uh, this awful mission that's now playing out as we speak uh, with Israel and Hamas. Behind all of that, as everyone knows, is Iran. And my gosh, uh, it's urgent that we learn as much as we possibly can about the history of this hostility, what drives it, what can be done, what needs to be done to contain it and the like. And to our audience today, my gosh, we're as fortunate as can be by having someone of Ellie's qualifications. For those of you who don't know her, she served as U.S. Deputy Special Envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism at the U.S. State Department, an appointment made by the President of the United States. She's an expert on Iran, her birth country, in fact, also on Israel, the Middle East, the Abraham Accords. She's played a role, in fact, in introducing those accords within Muslim groups successfully. So, Ellie, it's really a great honor to have you with us. I'm going to turn over to you now, and we look forward to learning from you. Thank you so much. Um, before I, I do jump into, into uh, the webinar, I really do want to thank Professor Alvin Rosenfeld for this kind invitation, the Indiana University Institute for the Study of Contemporary Antisemitism, Gunther Ukele, the entire team there. Um, and Alvin, as you just said, um, you and I picked this date for this webinar some months ago. Um, little did we know how timely this conversation would turn out to be. For what else did we see occur on October 7th, gruesomely displayed before our eyes and the violent and genocidal Jew hatred of Hamas, a terror proxy of the Islamic Republic of Iran, terrorists who are funded, trained, and armed by the Islamic Republic. While most of the world right now is focused on the military aspects of the war raging right now in Gaza, I'd like to start by focusing a bit on the atrocities that Hamas committed on that day. As we all know, over 1,400 Israelis, mostly Jews, were massacred on October 7th. Israeli reports detail that over 80% of the bodies found were massacred, showing evidence of torture. Women raped, bodies mutilated, limbs missing, 
bodies burned as to make identification nearly impossible. And in one particularly gruesome case, um, I'm going to read the words of the first responder himself, quote, we see a pregnant lady on the floor and we turn her around and the stomach is wide open. There's an unborn baby connected to the cord, stabbed with a knife and the mother shot in the head. Yossi Landau told this to I-24 News. He also said, whole family, they found whole families with hands tied behind their backs that had been, quote, torched by Hamas. We have to ask ourselves as we hear of these barbaric acts committed against Jews, what is the ideology that motivated this level of evil? What led to a dehumanization of Jews such that Hamas and some Gaza civilians were able to carry out atrocities that are hard for us to even imagine or comprehend. Our webinar is titled, Is Anti-Semitism an Integral Part of the Islamic Republic's DNA? And the short answer to that is yes. Yes, anti-Semitism is indeed integral to the very fabric, the very being, the very DNA, if you will, of the radical Islamic Republic of Iran's regime. And the Hamas attack on Israel three weeks ago is just one example of the Jew hatred bred by the Islamic Republic. In understanding more why I have previously termed the Islamic Republic's anti-Semitism as, quote, an obsessive anti-Semitism, which motivates every aspect of the regime's activities, um, I'll discuss what led me as then Deputy Special Envoy to combat anti-Semitism and my colleagues at the Trump administration to designate Iran not only as the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism in the world, but also as the world's leading state sponsor of anti-Semitism as well. So there are four factors um, to consider in trying to understand the full picture of Iran's anti-Semitism. The first is the regime's treatment of its own Jewish community. The second is the regime's stated policy of aiming to eliminate Israel, quote unquote, and under that policy falls its nuclear weapons development, its dedicated al-Quds force as part of the IRGC, its status as the patron state to terror proxies, Hamas, Hezbollah, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the Houthis, and Iran's ring of fire policy to surround Israel with these proxies, and much of its overall terror and military activity. The third is the regime's stated policy of Holocaust denial, and lastly is the regime's creation of an elaborate and well-funded indoctrination and propaganda uh, outlets in multiple languages meant to indoctrinate millions of people worldwide to dehumanize Jews with the ultimate goal of incitement to violence against Jews worldwide. Let me start with the Jews of Iran. I myself am one of those Jews. We trace back our lineage thousands of years to prior to the Islamic conquest of Iran, to ancient Persia, um, to the, um, the expulsion of Jews from Jerusalem from the first temple period. We, Iranian Persian Jews, survived thousands of years under various different rulers and we were one of the oldest and are one of the oldest Jewish communities in all the world. And to imagine that we survived those thousands of years until 1979, when uh, we saw the radical Islamic revolution, uh, the Ayatollah Khomeini grab power. And one of the first acts of the Islamic Republic was the execution of the then president of the Jewish community, Mr. Habib El-Ghanayan, whom we'll never forget. 
And um, what happened with Mr. Ghanayan's execution is that most of the Jewish community understood that if they could kill someone like, like Mr. Ghanayan, we were all under threat. And so um, of the 100,000 Jews who lived in Iran in 1979, the vast majority began to flee, myself and my family included. I was just a child when we left. Um, Judaism in Iran right now is considered, quote unquote, a legitimate re religion. Um, and the constitution does permit Jews to worship and to have a representative in the Iranian parliament. In reality, the Jewish community lives under constant surveillance and harassment by authorities premised under the notion that Jews are all potential Zionist spies, quote unquote. It has led over the years since 1979 to the killing of at least 14 Jews, as well as arrests and imprisonment of many Jewish people. Most notably in 1999, when we saw 13 Jews who were detained in Shiraz by the, by the intelligence ministry, among them were one rabbi, two university professors, several teachers in private Jewish schools, a government official, a kosher butcher, and a 16-year-old boy. If you all recall, there was a, a huge international outcry and the Iranians eventually released the 13. But I don't want anyone to have, um, you know, misconceptions about the Jewish community. They are at this point. There has been truly a mass emigration. Um, we're talking. The numbers are hard to hard to pin down. But somewhere between around ten thousand Jews are left of a hundred thousand. And just yesterday, we saw a report from Voice of America um, about um, the fact that the, under the pressure of the Islamic uh, authorities, uh, the Jews of Iran have now held multiple, I believe it's five anti-Israel um, demonstrations since the war broke out. And you know we have to understand that this is a hostage community. Um, they know that their lives are at stake right now. And um, and they are living under the pressure of the regime to um, exhibit, you know, I guess uh, their, um, you know, I suppose support for the Islamic Republic and distancing from the Jewish state. So um, so that's that's a bit on the Jewish community and how the regime um, treats its own Jewish community now. And I'm going to refer back to them uh, along along the way in this talk. The second pillar of the Islamic Republic's um, anti-Semitism is their uh, on-the-record policy of wishing and hoping and working towards the elimination of the Jewish state of Israel. So we see this eliminationist stance against Israel began with the founder of the Islamic Republic himself, the leader of the revolution, the Ayatollah Khomeini, who in his seminal book, Velayat Fari, presented the hatred towards the Jews and the confrontation between Islam and Israel as a central component. Valiata Fari claims that the Jews brought suffering upon Islam from its very beginning, and perhaps most importantly, it claims this conspiracy theory that Jews were paving the way for the infiltration of Western imperialism into Islamic lands. Um, according to Khomeini, the establishment of Israel was actually a plot um, again, meant to bring uh, Western imperialism into, um, into Islamic lands. And so the greater goal of the regime becomes, um, you know, the first, sorry, the first step of the regime becomes, therefore, to eliminate Israel um, as a first step of rooting out this quote unquote Western imperialism. And then the second goal is the, is the greater goal of Iranian Shiite hegemony over all of the Middle East, North Africa 
if not the world. What we've found in the time since uh, the regime's founding and since Khomeini's time is that the regime's Jew hatred and anti-Zionism, sorry, anti-Zionism has only increased and gotten more and more extreme, not less so. So according to a study done by the Tony Blair Institute, anti-Israel rhetoric featured in 66% of the speeches of all IRI, Islamic Republic of Iran leaders analyzed since 1989, Khamenei himself, the, the, uh, the so-called um, Ayatollah Khamenei, has referenced Israel more than any other theme in, in the Blair Institute's analysis, with anti-Israel rhetoric featuring in 90% of the sample. By contrast, anti-Israel discourse featured, uh, was featured in only 40% of Khomeini's uh, speeches. So again, we see that over time, the regime has only radicalized in its anti-Zionism. And this was true also for even those who some in the West call moderates, uh, including former Iranian President Hassan Rouhani. From this ideology we see of, of aiming to eliminate Israel, we see the military project. Um, Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei, uh, the Supreme Leader today, has over and over called for the elimination of Israel on his dedicated Twitter, social media, and website accounts. And he's worked steadily towards achieving this uh, goal. The Iranian nuclear program today, uh, Iran is considered a threshold nuclear state. And as I referenced Israel uh, earlier, um, Iran has worked towards creating a terror proxy ring of fire around Israel. What the Wall Street Journal reported um, just a couple of weeks ago was that Iran has been coordinating uh, the October 7th attack for seven years now. I'm sorry, for two years now. So what we're witnessing today, um, the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel, the um, ballistic missiles, which the Houthis have already um, aimed at Israel, which the US, Israel, and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia have intercepted, the growing activity from the north, uh, has, from Hezbollah, with anticipation of a potential second front opening up um, from Hezbollah, which is a far deadlier adversary than Hamas's uh, with uh, their ownership of over 150,000 rockets and precision missiles. Islamic Republic militias in Syria with senior Islamic uh, Republic officials on the ground in Syria since October 8th, and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad presence in the West Bank this is the ring of fire that, um, that Iran has, um, again, funded, trained, and supported to this day um, to surround Israel on all sides, again, with the eliminationist goal of, of, of eliminating Israel. And just to give you some um, financial figures on this, according to the Foundation for the Defense of uh, Democracies, the Islamic Republic spends about $16 billion annually on uh, its terror proxies. Um, and I just want to contrast that with their own failing economy when the Trump administration left office due to the maximum pressure campaign, the sanctions campaign that we had waged against Iran. At the time, the, uh, the Islamic Republic had only $4 billion left in accessible foreign currency reserves. So just imagine that they're spending $16 billion a year on their terror proxies. 
I also want to mention the Islamic Republic's um, terror proxies and the threats and um, actions that they've carried out, their deadly attacks against Jewish communities around the world. Most notably, of course, was the Hezbollah bombing of the Jewish community center in Argentina, the AMIA Jewish community center, which is the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in the Americas since World War II. And more recently, we've seen that the Israelis have helped the governments of countries like Greece, Cyprus, Turkey, and Europe thwart um, planned Iranian attacks on Jewish communities there. So this is an ongoing effort by the Islamic Republic. The next pillar I'm gonna move on to is Holocaust denial. The denial of the Holocaust is the Islamic Republic state policy. So again, in contrast to where you have um, some crazies in other countries, some lone voices which try to deny the Holocaust. This is this is the Iranian Republic, uh, the Islamic Republic's um, state policy to deny the Holocaust. And this Holocaust denial is spread throughout the Iranian elite. It finds expression through the Ayatollah Khamenei, the Supreme Leader himself, and numerous senior Iranian officials throughout the years. Um, it, the Holocaust denial um, started to really take shape under um, former Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, who took power in 2005. He threw his power behind um, Holocaust deniers, calling the Nazi genocide, quote unquote, a myth and a lie and a pretext, quote unquote, for the creation of Israel in 1948. Ahmadinejad's open Holocaust denial um, was condemned around the world to no effect. Um, I have one quote from him in a speech that he made um, around the year 2005, quote, how can one doubt the stated articles in the charters of Nazi party and the Nazi army for cleansing Europe of Jews and ignore their racist, I, I'm sorry, apologies. This is a letter from the Iranian, um, the Iranian community who after Ahmadinejad started um, his dissemination of Holocaust denial, the Iranian Jewish community sent in a letter, apologies, and this is what they wrote. How can one doubt the stated articles in the charters of, not, of the Nazi party and the Nazi army for cleansing Europe of Jews and ignore their racist ideology? They wrote, how can one ignore all the existing and irrefutable evidence providing the genocide of Jews and their forced expulsion from Europe during World War II took place. So this was the Jewish community's response to Ahmadinejad's Holocaust denial, but um, their cries to, uh, to stop this, um, this propagation of lies was to no avail. Four years after Ahmadinejad won the, the presidency, um, we saw that the proliferation of Holocaust denial only increased, it became a cornerstone of the Islamic Republic's policies. And we saw exhibitions, events, articles, books, um, and most famously, a Holocaust denial cartoon competition hosted in Iran. Um, so, so this Holocaust denial just continued to grow stronger and stronger. And in the early 2000s, we see Holocaust denial in Iran entered a new phase with the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei himself explicitly announcing that the Jews had, quote, exaggerated numbers 
of Jews killed during the Holocaust, um, quote unquote, to gain people's sympathy, to lay the groundwork for the occupation of Palestine and to justify crimes committed by the Zionists. And um, to this day, the Holocaust denial is official state policy in the Islamic Republic. The third pillar, I'm sorry, the fourth pillar of the Islamic Republic's um, state-sponsored anti-Semitism is their incitement to violence and their exportation of uh, their Jew-hating ideology. So what we see over and over again is the attempt to demonize Israel and the Jews, um, which of course is the precondition for committing genocide and attacking Jewish people. The, so I, I want to start by exploring a bit the indoctrination that takes place in Iran itself. Um, we have all of us seen videos on social media and elsewhere of Iran painting both American flags and Israeli flags um, on the ground all, you know, all across the country, but specifically at schools where um, they demand that university students and children um, step on the Israeli flag. And often we've seen social media where um, some of these you know, brave university students and kids refuse to do so. Um, what, what we've seen done more systematically is the indoctrination to hate in the school system. So um, recently we found that the ADL and the organization Impact SE undertook a rigorous examination of Iranian textbooks. And what they found was that, um, here I'm gonna read the report's own language, quote, based on the ADL's close assessment of Iranian high school, middle school, and elementary school textbooks, we have determined that Iran's state curriculum for the academic year 2020-2021, so not that long ago, strenuously militarizes young people, indoctrinating them for war. It literally teaches entire courses titled, quote, defense preparation, and militant messages are seeded across other dimensions of the curriculum as well, including lessons on both history and religious studies. Likewise, incitement to hatred against Jews and Israel are extensively interspersed throughout multiple fields of the curriculum, such as history, religion, and social studies, as are anti-imperialist messages inciting against America and other developed countries. End quote. The government of Iran frequently claims that um, they are you know, only against the quote-unquote Zionist entity, Israel, but this uh, material that they're teaching in their own classrooms flatly contradicts that. The Islamic Republic also has spent billions of dollars to create a wide anti-Semitic propaganda machine. Uh, first, I'm gonna speak about their so-called scholarly effort to do so. In the past 20, 40 years, the IRI, the IRI has built a sophisticated and multi-pronged propaganda machine which disseminates anti-Semitic content via its Shia seminaries and institutions, Iranian media in multiple languages, most notably in Spanish language media, which, um, which is um, disseminated in Latin America, right at our doorsteps here, and even via Iran's intelligence and security agencies. Some of the institutions under this propaganda wing include, and I'm not really gonna share the entire list, I'm just giving everyone a taste of, of uh, this propaganda machine. 
Um, one is the Imam Khomeini Educational Research Institute, founded in 1991 as one of the country's key religious institutions, which publishes many items on the subjects of quote-unquote Judaism and the Jews. The institute is overseen by the supreme leader himself and has published around 20 periodicals um, uh, quote, calling Judaism, quote-unquote, a deviant religion. Next is the Islamic Development Organization, founded in 1982 by the Ayatollah Khomeini, which has also engaged in spreading extensive anti-Semitic propaganda with essays that call Jews, quote, oath-breakers, megalomaniacs, jealous and vengeful, materialistic and keen on getting wealthy, malevolent towards Muslims, ethnocentric and racist and parasitical. Next is the anti-Semitism on the state-owned Islamic Republic of Iran Broadcasting, IRIB, which has a near monopoly on radio and television in Iran. For years, the IRIB has aired anti-Semitic TV series as well as anti-Semitic religious and political programming. Many times the Tehran Jewish Committee has protested um, written letters extensively over the years, but again, to no avail. Most notably is um, the IRIB's air, airing of, of a, of a 29-part Syrian made-for-TV series called The Diaspora, which is, um, which is based on the infamous Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Moving on to their other propaganda arms, in 2012, oh, and, and, and what I'll say is that the regime officials will use every international body and every international opportunity to spread anti-Semitism. So what we found as an example is in 2012, when there was an international anti-drug use conference held in Tehran under the auspices of the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, Regime officials use the occasion to deliver um, an anti-Semitic speech, blaming the Talmud for the spread of illegal drugs worldwide, and that, quote, Zionists were in control of the international illegal drug trade. I also want to focus a bit on their digital um, efforts. Um, what we found is that the Islamic Republic has a rather sophisticated, well-funded digital propaganda effort which promotes anti-Semitism online under fake aliases. And um, the social media companies at times um, get alerted to these to these bots or um, fake um, you know aliases, fake accounts. And you know they'll often try to take down these fake plat, you know, fake accounts. But um, the, it, it is an overwhelming task because, again, the regime is, is pumping millions and millions of dollars into the effort. And, um, and it, it is really a nearly impossible task for the social media companies to, um, to try to figure out, you know, where, where all this, uh, you know, Islamic Republic propaganda um, accounts are coming from and how to, how to shut them down. The IRGC, which is the military wing of the regime, also has uh, its own satellite outlets um, as, so known as OJ Media and the Siraj Cyberspace Organization. The IRGC has sought to package this hate as cultural and artistic products um, using multiple news agencies and platforms to spread you know, what they call, um, again, culture, news, and analysis, all of which seeks to demonize the Jewish people around the world. 
One of these outlets is called the, quote, Jewish Studies Center, which has published numerous articles about Judaism, linking Judaism to Freemasonry, to Satanism, and to the Iranian uh, religion, Baha'ism. Um, an entire segment of the website is dedicated to, quote, Jewish plots. And it's all, you know, dedicated to accusing Jews of having um, a hand in every, you know, historical conspiracy theory that you can imagine. Um, after the IRGC head, uh, Qasem Soleimani, was eliminated by the Trump administration, um, there was an article published on this outlet titled The Role of Western Jewish Rationality in the Martyrdom of Commander Soleimani. And even though Israel had nothing to do with that attack, they, of course, blamed it on the Jews. We also saw with um, the COVID, um, the COVID, um, the the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, that there was a widespread um, dissemination by the Islamic Republic on multiple platforms, blaming Jews both for the creation of the virus itself as well as uh, claiming that Jews were going to benefit off of the COVID vaccine. Um, we saw the Besat Institute for Strategic Studies, um, which was founded in 2012 to quote, study enemies by focusing on Jewry as the most vengeful enemy of Muslim believers. Um, this institute has five separate websites. The most notable is the Chaibar Zionist Studies section. And I need to point out that Haibar is uh, understood in Islamic thought as a location of a pogrom that took place in the early days of Islam. So they're calling it the Haibar Zionist Studies. And um, it says, quote, there are various reasons for why the Jews are afraid of annihilation in one of the publications. Quote, but one of them is that this regime, Israel, is rooted in the heart of Satan. The corrupt roots of this usurper and child killer regime have grown from Satan's heart. And for this reason, it can never be stable and enduring. So this is what they are propagating, that um, Israel is rooted in the heart of Satan. One particularly prolific Iranian website, um, which is so-called dedicated to the hastening of the, of the return of the 12th Imam, which is um, a belief that uh, many Shiite Muslims, especially the Islamic Republic holds, that there's going to be a messianic return of the Shia Messiah, has published just this one um, institute, has published more than 1600 reports and articles about Jews in Iran and around the world. And again, all of it is uh, the kind of conspiracy theories, the dehumanization that, um, that I shared with you just before. So again, to, to recap, um, there's four pillars of the Islamic Republic's, um, what I've called obsessive and eliminationist anti-Semitism. It's their um, treatment, their treatment of their own Jewish community, the desire to eliminate Israel and building the military infrastructure to do so, the Holocaust denial and the indoctrination efforts of both their own community and their own citizens and international citizenry. What I'd like to um, end on 
is the perhaps academic uh, discussion or question um, that many people have, which is, you know, this question, this notion of, well, how much does the Islamic Republic mean what they say? Um, you know, is this anti-Semitism, is it just the Islamic Republic's attempt to gain um, legitimacy throughout the Islamic world by showing that they are the chief Jew haters, right? That they can outdo the Sunni Arabs um, in the Middle East, North Africa in their hatred of Jews and Judaism and Israel. Um, is it just an attempt by the Islamic Republic regime itself to build legitimacy at home while um, the Iranian economy uh, is crashed, while their uh, currency is practically worthless, while the vast majority of the country suffers from poverty? Um, is it an attempt, is, is the, you know, the historic um, scapegoating of Jews, is it an attempt by the Islamic Republic to just build its own legitimacy at home? And, you know, I, I can only hope that um, following this conversation, this webinar, and, and, and certainly I'll be taking questions in a bit, um, that following this evidence that has been presented and that is so widely available, um, that, that we will take the Islamic Republic's threats seriously, that we'll take their Jew hatred seriously, you know, I have to remind our audience that um, that Hitler published a book, Mein Kampf, in which he told the world exactly what he wished to do, and then he proceeded to do it. And I would venture to say that the world at the time didn't believe Adolf Hitler, and they didn't believe the Nazis. Here we are today with a regime in Iran, which tells us over and over again what they want to do. They have built the military apparatus. They have moved forward, you know, steadily forward their nuclear program. They have an international propaganda machine. They have billions of dollars that they're spending on a terror proxies. How can the world look at all this evidence and still wonder if they mean it? Does Ayatollah Khamenei really mean it? Does he really want to eliminate Israel or is it just, you know, bluster? And, and so if there's one idea I want to leave everyone with, it's, it's time, it's well overdue for all of us to believe what this regime has told us over and over again, this apparatus that they've built to achieve their goals that they've told us about. And, um, you know, as we see war raging right now in, in Israel, the demand I think that all people of good conscience have to make right now is um, that the United States continue. And I want to, do you want to go on record thanking the, the Biden administration for standing with Israel to date? But that the United States needs to continue to stay strong with Israel as, um, as the Israelis go about, um, you know, bringing an end to, to Hamas, which, which just, you know, again, on, on October 7th, uh, committed a massacre that we thought, I think many of us was behind us in terms of what could happen to Jews in history. Um, and so as Israel carries on this task at hand, which it has no choice but to do, the demand that all good people of conscience have to make is continued U.S. support for Israel for however long it takes, 
continued international support for Israel for however long it takes, and ultimately holding the Islamic Republic responsible for for all that they have done to bring us to this day. Um, I have noticed this, what I believe is a dangerous isolationism, a neo-isolationism in the United States, where um, under the notion that we don't want to get involved any longer in, in, uh, in conflict elsewhere, um, what we're winding up doing is putting ourselves in greater danger and putting our own national security in greater danger. And, um, and the United States is still the leader of the free world. And with that comes a responsibility. And, uh, and so again, I would like to leave off with the notion that um, as much as we hope not to get involved in entanglements in other parts of the world, we're dealing with a reality today in 2023 with uh, China that's on the march, with Russia that's on the march, with Iran that's on the march, and frankly, I just don't think the United States has the luxury of trying to um, stay out of out of these international conflicts because what happens is these conflicts have a way of coming home to our own to our own homeland here in the United States, and that's the lesson of 9/11. And uh, and so again, I really hope that everyone is listening here today will understand that it is incumbent on all of us to get our voices heard and to make sure that um, that their support for Israel and that Iran is held accountable at some near date, I hope. And with that, Alvin, I really thank you again for inviting me and happy to take any questions.